Welcome to Vet Talk with Royal Canin. I'm Brenda Andreessen, founding partner of The Bridge Club and your host for this conversation. So research shows that business has less turnover and more productivity when they make giving back a priority. And we've heard time and time again that consumers make decisions based upon um, the company's purpose. This podcast will address the concept of giving back specific to the veterinary industry and how it can truly make associates feel a part of something greater just by having these opportunities. Joining me today for this conversation are Dr. Brent Mayeb, Royal Canin, Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Chief Veterinary Officer. Hello, Brent. Howdy. And Kim Van Syke, Executive Director of the Banfield Foundation. Kim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Brent. Hey, Kim. So this is going to be a fun conversation. Let's dig right into a couple of the topics. So, Brent, I will put this your way first. Why do you think corporate social responsibility is such a trending topic in the veterinary profession? I think it goes along with the interest more generally that you see out is transparency. People want to know more about a company, who they really are, and what they're they're doing, not just to make a profit, but what they're doing in their communities. Um, they want to know, you know, are they having an impact besides just, just making a dollar? In, in this way, I think corporate res- social responsibility definitely has an impact on how, you know, your customers would see you. In fact, I was reading in a 2015 Nielsen survey, 66 of the participants said that they pay more for products and services from what they perceive to be a socially responsible company. So it's very clearly not something specific to the veterinary industry. It's it's generational. It's broader than that. And, you know, Kim, from your perspective, do you see that there's a difference between financial giving back and giving back of time? Yeah, absolutely there is. And I think it's most evident in how employees feel engaged. So giving dollars is one thing, and it's a great thing, and it's a very effective way to help nonprofits do more of what they need to do every day. But giving time also means being present, and it means seeing the impact that you're having in real time. It means personally being connected to the work, uh, being part of the story in a different way. And I think that while it would be ideal to have both, to have people who are willing to give their time and give up their dollars, I think that we're in a culture that really is important that you do what feels most intuitive to you. Some people have more time. Some people have more resources. So this is an interesting question that I really would like each of you to weigh in on. So Kim, we'll start with you just to keep this running. Do you think that time or money, one or the other, makes associates in a practice and consumers themselves feel happier? Wow, that is a good question. Again, I think it goes back to everyone connects with the cause and a way of giving back and showing up very differently. So for some people who might be in a different stage of their career or have you know, a family at home and a lot of commitments, it might be easiest for them to give dollars because they know that giving dollars really does help an organization move their mission forward. And and oftentimes you can see the dollars translate directly to, like in the case of the Banfield Foundation, care delivered to a pet. And then for some people, they might think, and we see this a lot in our practice as well, that some people are a little bit more... um, confined when it comes to finances because of student debt, because they have young children, because they might be a single income household. And that's where time is really important to them and the best way for them to show up. So while they might not be able to give dollars to deliver care, help deliver care to pets, they might be able to show up and volunteer 
and give of their, their hours or give of their mind, um, meaning they have ideas and ways to make an impact. And so I think it depends a little bit in the stage of life that you're in, a little bit on what your um, home life is like and what your career is like. There's a really beautiful balance that we see within our practice and within, I think, the industry. So I think it's whatever fills your bucket. That's what makes you happy. That's a very profound way of putting it. I'm going to put it over to Brent now um, just for a second. So from the perspective of um, what you see as you're out traveling amongst the industry as well, do you see that one or the other is better? Keeping in mind debt load and just the crazy schedules that, uh, you know, that people in veterinary practice have these days. Just curious to get your take on it now, Brent. Well, the good news is, is I see a lot of interest in it in general, you know, however it, it ends up manifesting itself there, you know, it seems like, especially with uh, the younger generations in practice, they're very interested in engaging in their communities. But I completely agree with Kim. I really think it depends on the person, you know, what, where they are in life, what, what they need, what they have, more money, more time, et cetera. And then sometimes it depends on you know, the cause, because there are certain organizations where they live and die on, on volunteer activity. And so for them, uh, it's not that money is not important. It always is in nonprofits, but it's that, you know, they really need volunteers. Um, and that's kind of their primary thing. Whereas some other organizations, maybe they're not so like um, activity bound, at least not with, with, with human resources. And, and they depend much more either on, on donations or grants or, or basically on the financial side. So I think, I think that's an important part too. The cause will, will sort of point maybe toward a need of one or the other a little bit. More. So there really is no real definition then for what giving back needs to look like. Am I correct? I would say that for me, giving back is, um, it's a pretty simple way to look at it. It's volunteering to share what you have with something or someone that needs it, right? So again, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So that goes back to if you have more money, if you have more time, you share that. But ultimately, I think the simplest way to define it is it's volunteering to share what you have with something or someone that needs it. At least that's how I look at it. That's a great definition. Brent, do you have a favorite definition of yours that you'd like to share? I think for me, giving back is really, it's kind of predicated on, in the case of, you know, if we're talking about a company or a clinic, their efforts to improve society in some way, um, in addition to whatever business that they're in. Fantastic definitions. And I love the fact that they're personal to each of you. So we can encourage people to find their own, their own happy there. So I'd love to have each of you share with me, you know, both Banfield and Royal Canaan are so involved with giving back, not only to the profession, but to, um, to, to animal lovers um, in so very many ways. So, you know, Brent, let's start with you. Um, do you have an anecdote, some research, a little bit of proof that, you know, really reinforces the fact that, that giving back does make associates more productive and happier? Yes. Um, in a study that was published in 2016 from um, the Kedge Business School, which is in Marseille, France, they found a positive and significant relationship between employee perceptions of corporate response, social responsibility and employee engagement, because that's always the question, right, is like, does this have an impact on engagement? And when they looked at it, they did. And it was interesting because there's a, there's a lot of aspects to this, and um, I'm by no means an expert on, on any of the social sciences, but it was it was mediated by 
authenticity, which, which, you know, they went on to explain that means, can you bring your whole self to work? And so, you know, when, when I think about, you know, people really want to do this sort of thing, they want to be involved in their communities. And when the place that you work really not only allows it, but encourages and facilitates it, then yes, you can bring your whole self to work. And so, you know, I, I guess in summary, what that study found is that corporate social responsibility seem to be positively correlated with employee engagement. And what have you seen from the perspective of Banfield? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. We typically survey our associates once a year, and we also do some reputation study work with the veterinary profession, including non-Banfield veterinarians and veterinary students. And we've seen similar feedback or trends across the board. So within our own associate base, about 80% of our associates, and we have about 19,000 that work for Banfield pet hospitals around the country, about 80% say it's important to them to work for a company that gives back and that makes a difference in their communities. Uh, Similarly, when speaking with veterinary students about where and when they make decisions to work for an employer after school, it was about 78% said it's important for them to pick an employer that believes in giving back to communities. But aside from the veterinary profession, similar research has shown, uh, let's see, 2019 Deloitte did a millennial survey that 50% of those employees said they would take a pay cut to work for a company that's socially responsible. So while we don't want to pay them less, I love the fact that they are interested and committed enough to know that that is a trade-off that they would be willing to make. And I think you know, we can see with our own eyes more and more frequently that businesses are recognizing the importance of doing good and giving back and acting on it, particularly in communities where our profiles are most significant. So whether that translates to um, loyalty among consumers or clients when they're making purchasing decisions down to retaining and hiring employees, giving back is definitely here to stay. I would absolutely agree with that. And it seems easy from the perspectives of a small practice, for example, to say, oh, Banfield can easily organize something like that. They're a huge organization with lots of people. So what are your recommendations for smaller businesses, smaller practices who really want to get engaged with giving back? I'm happy to start with this. So here's something interesting. Many clinics in a lot of ways probably are already giving back, but they don't always stop to either acknowledge it or certainly celebrate it. So the clinic that treats a lot of patients from a local rescue for a discounted price, that's giving back to their community. The clinic that offers free examinations for new adoptions from a local shelter, that's giving back to their community. So they may not always think about it like this, but they're making a difference that wouldn't otherwise happening. But to be more structured about it, you know, what what can a clinic do? And I think the first thing is to think about a cause that's important to the clinic and to the clinic staff. It, it, and for that reason, it's, it's just it's more likely to stick if it's something that they really connect with. And once a cause has been identified, then the clinic can do something like put together a true volunteer time for the employees toward this cause. It doesn't have to be a full day. doesn't even have to be a full afternoon. Maybe it's just a couple of hours. Um, but whether it's working at a local shelter or adopting a highway to keep it clean, the, the people really just enjoy coming together to work for a cause. Another interesting way I think that clinic staff can engage their communities is participating in other events that raise money for specific causes that may be dear to them. For example, 
Perhaps the clinic could pay everybody's entry fee for a local 5K walk or run, and then people could come together, uh, you know, and get some exercise and have a good time and actually benefit a local nonprofit. Maybe it's an animal-related nonprofit as well. But for me, the key thing to note through all of this is you don't have to start with something big. You just have to start. And then once you do it, it's really important to take time and, and celebrate the achievement. If everybody comes together to volunteer somewhere, take photos, share them around internally, share it on social media. It's a really big deal to the people who are involved, so don't be afraid to treat it like it's a big deal. Your clients and your social media followers, they'll really appreciate seeing it as well. Kim, thoughts to add? Yeah, I couldn't agree, agree more. This is the great thing about giving back. It doesn't actually matter how big your hospital is or how much experience your team has engaging with the community. If your team wants to own a big project and a great example Brent had was like a free spay and neuter day or free spay and neuter clinic, that's great. But it's also a really big effort that takes a lot of resources and we realize it may not be possible for a smaller or independently owned clinic. But that doesn't mean they can't do good things in the community. So I think it's getting creative and understanding what is important to the team and what time and resources you have available. So a great example might be start something small, like a pet food drive in your clinic, where you can encourage clients to bring in a can or a bag of pet food to donate to a local shelter. Um, your team could also decide to have a volunteering day on a weekend where they go into a local shelter that they work with and they help paint walls or clean kennels or socialize uh, new puppies or kittens that come in. Or to like Brent's comment, it's easy to also do things like uh, waive registration fees for your teams to walk together or participate in a 5K or a 10K or something that gives back to um, a designated organization in your community. I think what's most important though is for conversations to happen at the team level and in the hospital level to understand the individual interests of the team members, to understand what organizations hold a special place in their heart, and to get aligned on how the team wants to give back, whether it's hands-on or whether it's encouraging clients or friends or family members to help raise money or collect food. So we've been talking very specifically about the veterinary practice, and clearly this translates across the veterinary industry. So thoughts or suggestions for other businesses in the veterinary profession who can get involved, you know, where do they begin? I think that one thing we're seeing a lot of is uh, interest in helping out when there's a disaster. And so we know disasters are not becoming less frequent um, or less impactful. And so manufacturers or pharmaceutical companies have a really great opportunity to give back in ways that are completely intuitive to what they offer the profession. And we find uh, when we do disaster relief grants for local shelters who've been impacted, yes, they need things like basic volunteers and transportation fees covered, um, veterinary care provided, but they also really need an influx of veterinary products because there's an increase in the transmission of diseases. Flea ticks never become less problematic during a disaster. There's a lot of heartworm testing and prevention that needs to happen. And so if pharmaceuticals or manufacturers have an ability to donate product and relieve some of that financial strain that goes on to shelters post-disaster, I think that's a really good and intuitive way for the larger veterinary profession to give back and make a difference. That's just one example, and I'm sure Brent has a long list of other ways they could give back. 
I couldn't agree more with that. When you know the way that you can give back really aligns with your your core business or your mission, it's just it's that much more direct. I, I think that's I think that's exactly right. You know, when I think about you know what might make other businesses successful, um, you, you know, to encourage their teams to give back. Two big things come to mind, and, and they're they're a little bit process related. But one, provide employees time off to allow them to volunteer during business hours. You know, in my opinion, if if a business says, you know, we we really encourage you to volunteer, but on your own time, you're really not encouraging anyone to volunteer. So 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 give people time off. Um, I, I think that's really important. And I think the second is for the leadership to lead by example. Um, so if if the leaders say, yeah, it's great, we encourage volunteering, but no one sees them doing it, it's probably, quite honestly, not as likely to happen. So the leaders themselves should volunteer, should take that time from work to volunteer, and then the business should make it known and make it visible that they're doing so. Because even when somebody hears it's okay to volunteer, but they don't see anyone else doing it, the actions or maybe lack thereof speak louder than the words. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And there's this saying, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to capture it correctly, but it's essentially, you can tell me what's important to you, but if you show me your bank account and your calendar, I will know what is important to you. And I think that is so right on for what Dr. Mayab Brent is saying, because it has to start at the top. The good example and the passion and the permission to make a difference and give back has to come from leaders so that everyone below that leader can feel engaged and inspired. And it is okay to care big and give back in meaningful ways. Kim, let's start with you on this one. You know, What advice would you have for a veterinarian who doesn't know where to begin, who doesn't have the benefit of a you know, big practice where it's all modeled out for them? Where do they start? Yeah, I think it's a great, uh, great question. Um, as I noted earlier, I think the best thing you can do is start by having a conversation. So a conversation with your team about do they want to give back? How do they want to give back? Is it time? Is it resources? Is it talent? And then really making sure that the practice owner has a clear stance on what's most important to them and to their business. And I also think it could be a really good idea to ask clients because that is a loyalty driver. And we know that clients want to also see the businesses they partner with or the services they choose to um, invest their their time and, and their money into is making a difference in this community. So I think conversation is always a great starter. I think doing an inventory of what is already happening is also very smart. So when I helped shape Banfield's corporate social responsibility platform about seven years ago, we knew that as a business, our associates were giving back and making a difference aside from anything that we could do for them. And so by starting and saying, where do you guys give back? What's most important to you? Where do you think we should give back? And what's already happening is probably a really smart way to do a base level understanding of, oh, actually, we're doing more than we think collectively as a community. And then, oh, I really love you know, idea one, two, and three. What if we all put our time and energy together to make those projects or those causes even bigger and even better? So I think starting there is probably the best thing, right? Like anything, you need to get a lay of the land, understand where the passion is, understand what, what is available. But I also love what Brent said about 
pain associates to give back. And that's something that's really beautiful about being part of the Mars family of businesses is that through the Mars volunteer program, associates are given um, up to 16 hours of paid time off every year to give back to a company organized uh, project. Now that is a great model for independent practitioners to also consider, but there are other businesses that do this really well outside the veteran profession that give upwards of 40 hours of time off for associates to give back to their personal causes. So I don't think there's a loss loss anywhere in there. I think any version of giving back, whether it's uh, a collective decision by your entire team or whether it's just enabling and supporting individuals to care for the things that are most important to them, I think you're going to win across the board, even if it's small steps at a time. Really, really good points. And the, the idea or the impetus doesn't have to come from the top though, right? I mean, it can come from people within the practice. So Brent, I'd love to hear your thoughts added on to, to the really great things that Kim just shared. Small actions lead to big wins here. Again, some of the challenge with this is just getting started. So just start by scheduling just a few hours when people from the clinic can get together and volunteer. And, you know, maybe, you know, you find out that this what doesn't turn out to be exactly what everyone wants to do. That's okay. Change it. There's always going to be a million reasons not to do it. Well, we're too busy or we can't close for a couple of hours. I mean, there's there's always going to be these reasons. But what I think you're going to get back from engagement with with the people that work there is going to be worth far more than, you know, a couple of hours of, of being open. So for me, a lot of it is just give it a try, get out there, do something together, and then you can start to build momentum from there. This is a great example of some someone or, you know, organization that gives back outside the profession, but there's a small grocery store not too far from, um, from where I live. And one day I walked in there and on two, it was a Tuesday and they started a program that was essentially give or get. So you could choose when you checked out to get 10% off of your bill or give that 10% to a designated charity they picked for the day. And it rotated every week. But I, I loved the concept. It came from one of the cashiers that worked there and, and they made it a, a regular thing that A, I found myself always then shopping on Tuesdays. And if you were going to pay $100 for your grocery bill anyways, you could, yes, get 10% off, so pay 90, or you could give that $10 to another organization in need. And um, after about a few months of this program happening, I asked the cashier one day, what percentage of people actually give versus get? And they said, it's pretty exciting because about 90% of the people that came through there chose to give the 10% rather than get it off their bill. And so I think that's a great example of how you can think creatively, think outside the box, ideas can come from the bottom up. And then when you really give your loyal customers an opportunity to participate, it actually can make an even bigger impact. This has been a really extraordinary conversation. It's very you know hopeful and feels good, I think, to all of us involved in it. So want to say thank you, Brent, and thank you, Kim, for taking your time to share your experiences and your ideas um, with everyone who is listening to this podcast. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.